Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. It's great to have you here with me for a Monday, October 9th, 2023. This is edition number 173 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. We are getting uh, close to the end of season 8 and I will begin season 9 on December 6th as we work our way through the book of Deuteronomy. Today we are in uh, chapter 31 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. We will take up paragraph number two. Let's pray together first. Our Father in heaven, as we come to your word once again, we come uh, to eat of that which is the bread of life, to drink deeply from the well that will never run dry. And we pray that your spirit will help us, that you will guide and direct us as we hear these things that we might uh, Not only hear them, but do what we hear, that we might be better informed as to the operation of your church and give glory and honor to he who is the king and head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, paragraph number two uh, reads, It belongeth to synods and councils ministerially to determine controversies of faith and cases of conscience to set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God and government of his church, to receive complaints in cases of maladministration, and authoritatively to determine the same, which decrees and determinations, if consonant to the word of God, are to be received with reverence and submission, not only for their agreement with the word, but also for the power whereby they are made, as being an ordinance of God appointed thereunto, in his word. Now, we've already noted Acts chapter 15 as a council of the church that was gathered to deal with a particular controversy, a theological matter that existed in the first century church, and that matter was resolved by a plurality of elders and apostles, and a letter was sent down and carried and sent down to the churches as to their findings and their rulings. This paragraph highlights a number of things that synods and councils, or in my context, presbyteries, sessions, presbyteries or the General Assembly uh, may do uh, whenever they uh, gather. We note first in the paragraph that it is an exercise of ministerial authority. It is ministerial. It is not legislative. That is to say that the work of the officers in the church is ministerial and declarative. It's ministerial that in that it ministers, it, it gives um, help and guidance to the church and the people of the, uh, that comprise the various churches within her authority. It declares. What does it declare? Well, it doesn't declare its own feeble opinions of things, but it, it, it declares that which is the only true authority in the life of the church, and that is the Word of God. And that's that final section there at the end of the paragraph, if consonant to the Word of God. They are to be received with reverence and submission. So when a church of the court, of the church, a, church, a court being defined as either a session, a presbytery, or a general assembly, or a synod, or a council, when this court speaks ministerially and declaratively from the authority of the word of God, it is to be received with reverence and submission. Of course, it needs to be agreeable to the word of God. The courts of the church cannot Uh, command or um, recommend to their people uh, anything that would violate the law of God. Um, It must be agreeable to the Word of God. But there are a number of things that the 
courts of the church, they do. They determine controversies of faith. There may be some theological matter, some doctrinal matter that comes to her attention. In the PCA, we've had a number of these issues in recent days and days gone by. We had the issue pertaining to federal vision in recent days, the unpleasantness of revoice and same-sex attraction, side B, gay Christianity, um, and a host of other matters have come to the denomination, have come to the courts of the church, and oftentimes a study committee will be erected, a, a position paper will be drafted as guidance to the church, a guidance to the churches to help them in matters of faith, theology, doctrine. Uh, you may do this as a session. Your elders may have position papers as pertains to your local church on any given uh, number of subjects or matters dealing with doctrine or theology, or even cases of conscience. They also set down rules and directions for the better ordering of the public worship of God. Now, um, the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Westminster Standards, and their secondary documents have what is known as the Directory for Public Worship. It is highly commended. It is strongly recommended within the bounds of the PCA where I minister. It is not required. Uh, I wish it were, uh, but it is not. Um, we have a directory for worship in our book of church order. That is that those directions, those rules and directions that are set down for the governance of the church. We have a section, the directory for, uh, of worship. It is, again, not binding. At least most of it is not constitutionally binding on any minister or elder in the church. I wish it were, uh, but be that as it may. Uh, the courts of the church have the right to make these determinations. And so here... In my session, with working alongside my ruling elders, we make determinations for the good of this local church when it comes to the public worship of God. That is to say, the order of worship, what we are going to include in worship, are we being consistent with the Westminster Confession of Faith and the regulative principle of worship? And so we are the ones who establish the, the liturgy or the order of worship each Lord's Day. And, of course, the government of the church, as rooted in the church courts, the session, the presbytery, and the general assembly, they established through um, orderly means how the church is to be governed. They also receive complaints. There may be complaints issued to various courts, and the local level, a member of the church, can, can write out a complaint uh, about a decision of the session, a decision of the elders of the church, and the elders are required to address that complaint and either uh, uphold it and change their previous decision or deny that complaint of which that member can then advance that complaint to the presbytery, which is the next highest court in the church. I can issue complaints against the actions of my own presbytery. I can also write complaints about actions of my own session. And I have actually done that in the past. I have filed a complaint with my own presbytery on a matter which, frankly, was pretty obvious and open and shut. Um, but we, we are afforded those, those, that, those privileges. And the courts of the church, the synods, the councils, the presbyters, they are obligated to hear those complaints and act upon them. This is the checks and balances within the church so that there's no tyranny uh, uh, displayed into the life of the church. They make authoritative decisions as long as they're consonant and rooted in the word of God. And we the people, the members of the church, they should submit to these decisions that the session 
the Presbytery or the General Assembly makes, insofar as they're not disagreeable to the Word of God. Now, we're going to see in the very next edition of the devotional that synods and councils make mistakes. They err. They are not infallible by any means. But in most cases, sessions, presbyteries, general assemblies, they're not known for asking their churches to sin. Uh, For instance, let me see if I can give you some examples, or at least one example. It's relatively ridiculous, I recognize. But if my session decided to mandate in our worship service that we were going to have women read, uh, publicly read, Scripture, um, I would, of course, object to that, uh, that mandate based on larger catechism 158, by whom is the word of God, or I'm sorry, uh, larger catechism 157, how is the word of God uh, to be read? And it says, the Holy Scriptures are to be read with a high and reverent esteem of them, with a firm persuasion that they are the very word of God, and that he only can enable us to understand them with desire to know, believe, and obey the will of God revealed in them, with diligence and attention to the matter and scope of them, with meditation, application, self-denial, and prayer. But larger catechism 156, and answering my ridiculous application, my ridiculous illustration, is the word of God to be read by all. Although all are not to be permitted to read the word publicly to the congregation. That is simply to say that it's, that is given to the officers of the church to lead the public worship of God. And of course, I would object to this with the argument that this is outside of our doctrinal standards. It's outside the scope of scripture and it should not happen within the confines of our public worship here. Now, thankfully, I have elders who, insofar as I understand them and know them, they would never make me do that. They would never ask me to do that. Uh, they also know if they did that, that they would get some pushback against that particular view. It's a ridiculous illustration, but I recognize that maybe it happens in some places. But we must remember that these synods and councils, they, they act ministerially and declaratively. They, they minister to the churches and they, and they declare that which the Word of God says. And they deal with all sorts of issues, sometimes extremely serious matters of church discipline, um, matters of theology and faith and doctrine and application and interpretation of, of various things. But all of them are designed to help the church. They are not designed to hurt the church or hurt the people, but they are designed uh, to help um, help the church understand what the Word of God teaches. Just as the Westminster Assembly did when they drafted this Confession of Faith. It was designed to give guidance and help to the churches. It is not infallible. We understand that. But insofar as it's faithful to the Word of God, then we need to hear what it has to say. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we consider paragraph number three, may the Lord bless you today. May you walk in his ways. God bless.